John Brown's body lies a moldering in the grave While weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save But though he sleeps his life was lost while struggling for the slave His soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah glory, Welcome glory, to War of the Rebellion Stories of the Civil War. I'm your host, Leon, and this is a reading of the regimental history under the Maltese Cross, Antietam to Appomattox, the Loyal Uprising in Western Pennsylvania. 1861 to 1865, Campaign's 155th Pennsylvania Regiment, narrated by the rank and file. And we're picking up right where we left off at 4th Reunion. Pittsburgh, September 12th, 1894, opening up with the program that they used at the 4th Reunion, and then going on from there. Order of Exercises Assemble on board Steamer Katie Stockdale at Pittsburgh Wharf at foot of Wood Street and start on excursion Monongahela River at 9 o'clock a.m. Colonel John H. Kane, Marshal of the Day. Exercises at Orchard Grove, Duquesne, Pennsylvania, at 1 o'clock p.m. Program. Long Roll. Comrades S.J. Heflick and William Littlehales. Fall in for banquet. Music by band. Reveille. Comrades S.J. Heflick and William Littlehales. Introductory Address of Comrade S.W. Hill of Company F, President Regimental Association. Music by the band. An original poem by Colonel Edward J. Allen. National airs by the band. Toasts. To feastful mirth, be this white hour assigned, and sweet discourse, the banquet of the mind. Music. Number one. Our Regimental Colors. Response. Rally Round the Flag by the band. Number two. Our Generals of the Fifth Corps. Noble Heroes. My sword and yours are kin. Response by General A.L. Pearson. Number three. The Rank and File of the Regiment. The Scepterless Kings of the Ranks. The Untitled Brave. Response by Major E. A. Montooth. Number four. The Officers of the Regiment. Knights like Bayard, without fear and without reproach. Response by Comrades Charles F. McKenna of Company E. Music. Number five. Our Last Commander. Our Greatest yet with least pretense. Response by Comrade L.E. McPherson of Company C. Number six. The Volunteer. Not for honor, fame, or self-applause, but for the glory of the cause. Response by Comrade T.C. Lawson, M.D. of Company H. Our Color Guard. Under the Stripes and Stars. 
each with the soul of Mars. Response by Comrade H.M. Curry of Company F. Music. Number 8. Our Last Roll Call. Now are our bruised arms hung up for monuments. Response by Colonel John Ewing. Number 9. Our Heroic Dead. Leaves memorial and perpetual fame for those who nobly died. Response by Comrade John H. Kerr of Company I. Number 10. Reminiscence of Camp and Field. Impromptu responses by Comrades. Auld Lang Sing. Should auld acquaintance be forgot, and never brought to mind? Should auld acquaintance be forgot, and days of auld lang syne? For auld lang syne, my dear, for auld lang syne. We'll take a cup o' kindness, yet for auld lang syne. Response of General A. L. Pearson to Toast The Generals of the Fifth Corps The mention of my subject brings sad remembrances, as nearly all of the able generals in whose immediate commands our regiment served have been mustered by death. Standing today, midst the brave men who have met to renew the friendships made on battlefield and prison pen, and hear the roll call of fame go back through battles lost and won, through dying scenes and prison torture, back through cannon's smoke, and through deeds of heroic bravery and suffering. Ye, let the roll be called while you stand silent and dismayed. Generals Meade, Sykes, Warren, Griffin, Humphreys, Bartlett, Ayers, Olibach, Weed, O'Rourke, Garrard, Sweetser, illustrious commanders under whom you fought, have gone to join the noble army above. It is a mighty host that passes by, the likes of which the earth has never seen. Of the living generals, Porter, Butterfield, and Chamberlain alone remain. Organization of Corps The Fifth Army Corps, of which the 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers was a part, continuously, from the time it entered the service in September 1862 until its finer muster-out at the close of the war, was organized May 18, 1862, while the Army of the Potomac, to which it belonged, was engaged in the Peninsular Campaign. It was permanently organized with General Fitz John Porter as the Corps Commander, and with Generals Morell and Sykes in command of the two divisions. For efficiency in drill, discipline, and in battles, it was ever recognized by General McClellan in orders. Peninsular Campaign The first battle of the Corps occurred at Hanover Courthouse, Virginia, May 27, 1862. An engagement in which Morell's division stood the brunt of the fighting and gained a credible victory. General Porter's magnificent handling of the Corps won for it great renown. On May 31st, the returns showed 
17,546 present for duty. On June 14th, its ranks were increased by the accession of McCall's Division of Pennsylvania Reserves, 9,500 strong. During the seven days' battle, the Corps had a total loss of 7,601, or one-half the entire loss of the Army. Of these, 6,837 occurred at Gaines Mill, the remainder at Mechanicsville, Glendale, and Malvern Hill. Second Bull Run At Manassas, Second Bull Run, the Fifth Corps, still under command of General Porter, did the severest fighting and, as has since been officially found, saved the day. It sustained a total loss of 2,151, out of about 6,500 engaged. Antietam At Antietam, where you were first formally attached to the Corps, General Porter's command was held in reserve. Still, it was drawn on freely. Sykes' division was almost wholly in action. At this time, your first division commander, General A. A. Humphreys, commenced to teach us the first rudiments of war. The division, composed of two brigades, all Pennsylvania troops, was made up with the exception of the 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers and 91st Pennsylvania Volunteers, of nine months men, all newly recruited. Humphreys' Division It is needless for me to speak of General Humphreys, our first division commander. When you saw him in action at Fredericksburg and at Chancellorsville, and discussed his many good qualities, dislike turned to admiration. For in him you found one who knew how to command, and whose bravery no one could for a moment question. He soon earned promotion to be a major general, and subsequently became chief of staff to General Meade. Commander of the Army of the Potomac, afterwards concluding his brilliant military career as commander of the Second Corps. Alabax Brigade During your service in Humphrey's division, the brigade to which you were attached was commanded by Colonel P. H. Alabac. As the senior colonel, he commanded the brigade, and his love for your regiment was well known. He often spoke to me, in after years, of the gallantry of the 155th at Fredericksburg. Quote, The old boys, said he, got nearer the gates of hell, the stone wall, than any other regiment engaged in that battle. Unquote. Mary's Heights At Fredericksburg, the Corps was under the command of General Butterfield. Being part of General Hooker's Center Grand Division, one half of the very heavy losses of the Fifth Corps fell on Humphrey's division in its bayonet charge in the storming of Mary's Heights. Led by our intrepid Colonel E.J. Allen, the 155th earned the highest praise from the commanding generals. General George G. Meade General George G. Meade succeeded General Butterfield and led the Fifth Corps at Chancellorsville. Soon after that engagement, the time of the nine months' regiments expired, and Humphrey's division was necessarily discontinued, and then you were placed in the 3rd Brigade, 
Colonel Patrick H. O'Rourke, commanding, of the 2nd Division, General George Sykes, commanding, General Meade, having been promoted to the command of the army just before the Battle of Gettysburg, General George Sykes succeeded to his place and command of the Corps, the divisions being commanded in that battle by General Barnes, Ayers, and Crawford. Need I speak to you of Pennsylvania's great hero, Meade? Modest, unassuming, brave. He, without any ostentatious show, made himself beloved by all who came within the charmed circle. Some years after the war, riding down Fifth Avenue, Pittsburgh, and company with your speaker, he said, in speaking of the Battle of Gettysburg, quote, The public have not yet appreciated the greatness or result of that engagement. I have received but little credit and considerable condemnation. But the time will come, and after I have gone, when historians will do me justice. Unquote. He sleeps under the green sward of his native state, awaiting the bugle call of the resurrection. General George Sykes General George Sykes assumed command at Gettysburg, and continued in command of the Corps until after the Mine Run Campaign in November 1864. General Sykes was born in Dover, Delaware, October 9, 1822, and graduated at West Point in 1842, served with distinction in the Mexican War, and was made a Major General in the War of the Rebellion for gallant and meritorious conduct. He was a brave, able, and dashing officer. He died at Brownsville, Texas, February 9, 1890, and through the energy of General Burnside, Congress appropriated $1,000 to bury him at West Point. General G.K. Warren In March 1864, the First Corps was transferred to the Fifth and General Governor K. Warren, assigned to command the United Corps. A braver or more skillful general never led troops. A more chivalrous man never drew saber. You, who fought in so many battles under him, need no history from my lips. His death, long after the war, was as sad as his deeds had been great. As he lay upon his deathbed, his last words spoken to his devoted wife were, quote, When I am dead, see that I am not buried in uniform, have no military emblems or trappings near me, allow no military escort, convey me quietly to my grave without pageant or show. I die a disgraced soldier, unquote. And thus, broken-hearted, the bravest of the brave joined the silent army. But the old veterans of the Fifth Corps, who knew him so well and loved him so dearly, have oftentimes shed silent tears to his memory for their hero. General Warren was born at Cold Spring, New York, January 8, 1830, graduated at West Point, second in his class in 1850, and died at Newport, Rhode Island, August 8, 1882. 
at the close of the battle and victory of Five Forks, won by his corps. General Warren was suddenly relieved from command of the Fifth Corps and was succeeded by your old and most popular division commander, General Charles Griffin. General Charles Griffin A number of General Griffin's friends, after the war, succeeded in having him appointed Colonel of the 35th Regiment United States Infantry, and he was shortly after assigned to the Department of Texas. On September 15, 1867, he fell a victim to the yellow fever, and today sleeps in a little cemetery in Georgetown, D.C., without a stone to mark the spot. Thus are many of our dead heroes forgotten. General Roman B. Ayers During a considerable portion of your service, and when you made history, you were a part of the regular brigade, commanded by General Roman B. Ayers, who was born at East Creek, Montgomery County, New York, December 20th, 1825, graduated at West Point in 1847, going at once to Mexico as second lieutenant, where he served gallantly. General Ayers was a strict disciplinarian, a man of ability, and against whose bravery no man could say aught. Rapid and decisive, but when in fault, quick to make reparation. General Griffin and Ayers a remarkable coincidence in the military careers of General Griffin and Ayres was that they both participated in, as captains of artillery, in the First Battle of Bull Run, and both, after serving continuously as generals during the war in the Fifth Corps of the Army of the Potomac, and also fought as division generals at Five Forks, the last battle of the war, and both assisted in receiving the surrender of Lee's army at Appomattox. After the war, General Ayers became colonel of one of the artillery regiments of the United States Army, and a few years ago was mustered out by death. General J. Bowman, Sweetser Your brigade commander in the great charge of June 18, 1864 at Petersburg was Colonel J. Bowman, Sweetser. Your brigade commander in the great charge of June 18, 1864, at Petersburg, was Colonel J. Bowman Schweitzer of Pittsburgh, who as senior colonel, commanded by virtue of rank. He made a record for bravery in the Civil War second to none. General Schweitzer entered the service as major of the 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteers, July 4, 1861 and was among the fortunate who took part in almost every important battle his command was engaged in. As a brigade commander, he was cautious, yet brave and competent. He was mustered out with his regiment July 13, 1864. He died in Allegheny City a few years ago, honored by the city of Pittsburgh and loved by his old comrades-in-arms. Colonel E.M. Gregory Again, you were transferred, this time to the command of Colonel E.M. Gregory, 91st Pennsylvania Volunteers, who, by reason of seniority, commanded the brigade in several engagements. He was a kind-hearted good man, died highly honored, at Philadelphia shortly after the war. Colonel 
death of General S. H. Weed. General Stephen H. Weed had command of the brigade but a short time. He received his commission as brigade general on the march to Gettysburg for gallant conduct of the artillery at Chancellorsville. He was born in New York City in 1834 and was a graduate of West Point. He fell mortally wounded July 2, 1863, leading his brigade at Little Round Top. Gettysburg, exclaiming as he fell, quote, I would rather die here than that the rebels should gain an inch of this ground. Unquote. Death of Colonel O'Rourke Colonel Patrick H. O'Rourke of the 140th New York Volunteers assumed command of the brigade on the death of General Weed, but in a few minutes afterwards was killed by a sharpshooter, hidden in Devil's Den. At the time of his death, he was one of the youngest graduates of West Point. He ranked number one in the engineer class of 1861. On the death of Colonel O'Rourke in the battle, the command of the brigade devolved on Colonel Kenner Garrard, also a graduate of West Point, then colonel of the 146th New York. Later in the war, he commanded a division of cavalry, attaining rank as major general. He was a gallant officer and died but a few years ago. General Grant's Campaigns In the Sanguinary Campaigns of 1864, under General Grant to the Fifth Corps, led by General Warren, its new commander, belongs the honor of opening the eventful fighting in the wilderness. You served faithfully in the advance, opening the fight under General Ayres as commander of the 1st Brigade, with General Charles Griffin, the division commander, and lost heavy in the assaults on the enemy's line. Under these same distinguished commanders, brigade and division, you continued to serve, participating in the severe engagements of Spotsylvania, Laurel Hill, North Anna, Cold Harbor, and continued in their commands until after the charge of the 18th of June, 1864, on the enemy's works before Petersburg. General Joseph J. Bartlett General Joseph J. Bartlett assumed command of the brigade in the early fall of 1864, whilst it was serving in the trenches in the siege of Petersburg. And as a brigade and division commander, he was the peer of any. At Hatcher's run in Peebles Farm, actions he showed great bravery and generalship. Kind and affectionate, yet brave to a fault, he retained command until the Battle of Five Forks, when General Griffin succeeded General Warren, and General Bartlett was placed in command of the 1st Division. General Bartlett was born in 1820. From 1867 to 1869, he was United States Minister to Sweden and Norway. On his return, he resided at Washington and died in 1892. General A. L. Pearson. Following him came your humble servant, who had the honor to command at your last battle, Appomattox Courthouse, and at the final surrender. In this action you fired the last shot, received the last shell, 
and had the last man in the war killed, being Private William Montgomery of Pittsburgh. The war being virtually over, you moved back to Arlington Heights, where General J.L. Chamberlain exchanged from the 1st to the 3rd Brigade, and for a short time commanded you, leading you in the ever-memorable grand review of the Army of the Potomac at Washington in May 1865. Your zouave uniform, bronzed and soldierly appearance as you marched in open order down Pennsylvania Avenue in the grand review, elicited unbounded admiration and applause along the line. General Joshua L. Chamberlain At the outbreak of the war, General Chamberlain was president of Bowdoin College, Maine, and left that peaceful position to recruit and organize the 20th Regiment Maine Volunteers, which served side by side throughout the war, with the 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers in the 5th Corps. General Chamberlain won imperishable renown with his regiment on Little Round Top, Gettysburg, succeeding in that battle to the command of the brigade under Colonel Strong Vincent, who fell in the battle. He enjoyed the further his distinction of being promoted by Lieutenant General Grant to a brigadier generalship for special gallantry in the famous charge of the 18th of June on the Confederate works at Petersburg in which action he received very severe wounds. At the close of the war, General Chamberlain was honored by election to the office of Governor of Maine, which position he filled with honor to himself and best interests of that state. He is still living at Portland, Maine, having been appointed some years ago collector of that port. The Fifth Army Corps ended its existence June 24, 1865. Quote, we stormed no time-worn castle walls, nor camped in grand old marble halls. But on the endless roll of fame, by deeds of blood we placed a name that will remain till times no more, the honored, brave Fifth Army Corps. Roster of Brigade and Division Commanders During the war, you, 155th Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers, served as follows. From September 18, 1862 to May 16, 1863, with the 2nd Brigade, 3rd Division. From May 16, 1863 to March 24, 1864, with the 3rd Brigade, 2nd Division. From March 24, 1864, to April 3, 1864, with the 4th Brigade, 1st Division. From April 3, 1864, to June 6, 1864, with the 1st Brigade, 1st Division. From June 6, 1864, to November 2, 1864, with the 2nd Brigade, 1st Division. From November 2, 1864, to June 2, 1865, with the 3rd Brigade, 1st Division. Your divisions during the above period were at several times commanded by General Humphreys, Colonel E.M. Gregory, General George Sykes, General R.B. Ayers, General Chaz Griffin, 
General J.J. Bartlett, and General J.L. Chamberlain. The brigades by Colonel P.H. Allaback, 131st Pennsylvania Volunteers. Colonel J.B. Clark, 123rd Pennsylvania Volunteers. Colonel P.H. O'Rourke, 140th New York. General S.H. Weed. Colonel George Ryan, 140th New York. Colonel D.T. Jenkins, 146th New York. General R.B. Ayers. Colonel J.B. Schweitzer, 62nd Pennsylvania Volunteers. Colonel E.M. Gregory, 91st Pennsylvania Volunteers. General J. Bartlett. General A.L. Pearson, 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers. General J.L. Chamberlain, 20th Maine. Lieutenant Colonel E.G. Sellers, 91st Pennsylvania Volunteers. And Colonel J.C. Edwards, 32nd Massachusetts Volunteers. Several of the above commanded but a short time, and the record would not be complete without mentioning them. Their service as brigade commanders being so limited, it is not necessary to give a full account of it. While, perchance, some northern woman waits with heavy heart and eyes, prays and waits and longs and listens with a love that never dies, prays and waits and keeps a token, just as women can and do, just a lock of hair, a letter, or a coat of faded blue. And we will pick up with the reunion of the 155th Regiment at Clarion, Pennsylvania, on two days in July of 1896. And we will go through kind of reading the same set of kind of paperwork that they had for that. And then right after that, it goes straight into letters written by some of the soldiers, some of the generals, and uh, other folks who were involved with the 155th, where they're writing back and forth. They were also published into this regimental history, along with a lot of photos. Obviously, them having more cameras available at this time period means we get a lot more photos. So I'll be putting those up on the website, rebellionstories.com. Obviously, you know, I'm always going to tell you guys to come check it out or come check out the YouTube channel or what have you and everything else in between. I also want to take this time to thank my Patreon subscribers. I can't believe that we're almost at 15 episodes for Patreon and we just crossed like 61 episodes for the main podcast itself, which is crazy to me that I'm uploading. Um all of these. It's just, it's wild. It's just been crazy. Uh, so thank you everyone for all of your support. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you're really enjoying these regimental history items as much as I am. But so we'll listen to some letters. We will have another reunion and then maybe some more letters that are very interesting. I think we'll probably end with a letter with maybe Chamberlain or just after that. Anyway. Or maybe with the Lamentations of Jeremiah. And we'll get to that when we get there. Alright, everyone, thanks for listening. I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Old
John Brown's body lies a-mouldering in the grave While weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save But though he sleeps, his life was lost while struggling for the slave His soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Hallelujah, for his soul is marching on. John Brown was a hero, undaunted, true, and brave. And Kansas knew his valor when he fought her rights to save. And now, though the grass grows green above his grave, his soul is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. For his soul. Marching on He captured Harper's Ferry With his 19 men so few And frightened old Virginia Till she trembled through and through They hung him for a traitor Themselves a traitorous crew But a soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah For his soul is marching John the Baptist of the Christ we are to see Christ who of the bondmen shall the liberator be And soon throughout the sunny south the slaves shall all be free For his soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah That he heralded, he looked from heaven to view On the army of the Union With its flag red, white, and blue And heaven shall sing with anthems Or the deed they mean to do For his soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah
voice of freedom, then strike while strike you may. The death blow of oppression in a better time and way. The dawn of old John Brown has brightened in the day, and his soul is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. See?